0: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
1: What is up, Grinders? Welcome back to the NFL pick six show week number eight, almost halfway home. Joining me today, as always, returning champions, uh, Rich Rebar from sharp football analysis, John Daigle, from NBC Sports, also a good football show podcast. He's here
0: energetically. What's going on, Daigle? How are uh, are things in your world? Everything's going well. Uh, Another week where I wish I would have played Cooper Cup. Otherwise, though, everything is good on this end. Yeah, yeah. And it's another week where I wish I did not play Robbie Anderson, you know.
1: (laughs) with those targets, (laughs) those targets, man. Oh, they're They're good.
0: Those targets are pretty good.
1: And he's got an incredible matchup again this week, and he's super cheap. And oh, good Lord. Uh, yeah, like we could touch on last week for a second. Generally, a forward uh, forward thinking show. But uh, what are your what are your thoughts as far as uh, you know Rebar? What do you have for me as far as what happened last week? Feel free to touch on Cooper Cup. He's always good and he's super expensive, mm-hmm. but he justifies that salary every single time. And then, are you were you with me at least with Robbie Anderson, or are you, you too smart for that?
2: Uh, I I had about ten percent, but I'm coming off my best week this season, so I feel good. Uh, so I mean, my quarterback core last week was uh, Tua, Aaron Rodgers, Stafford, and Burrow. So we, we ran stacks to all those guys. We're looking good. I had more T Higgins though than Chase, which kept me from like some real, some real banks. But uh, I'm going to justify the Prairie Arts uh, and say that I was on the right track there. But the two of stacks got us home and I ran more pits than Ridley on the bring back. So we're looking We we came out ahead last week.
1: You guys hey, remember something... when pits sucked? Remember,
0: remember I was told pits was a bust. You guys remember that? All, all I the mean, way like three weeks
2: ago. It's Twitter. They're usually wrong. You just wait a couple weeks.
0: And now and now it's funny because like everyone only tweets about Pitts and Jamar Chase. And I have no, I have nothing to say about them. Like, yeah, they're good. I mean, what do you want me to tweet? Yeah, they're both they're both really good. Is this is Chase like the
1: having the best rookie season ever? Or is that am I being hyperbolic? Is that it's, kind it's of on the there? way.
2: It's on the way. We're 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 cooking. Like <laughs> still, I'm still curious about
0: betting markets, though, since Justin Jefferson literally did have the best rookie season ever, and they still gave the offensive rookie of the year to a quarterback because it's a quarterback award. But well, so, one was good. None of the quarterbacks this year are good. That's so. true. Well, Tre- Trevor Lawrence is he's a little he's a little better. He hasn't been elite so far, though. I agree. Yeah, he's
2: been like a typical like Trevor Lawrence is having like the prototypical like successful rookie season, right? Like yeah. the like you you, you it, it's been looking kind of bad. There's been some rough spots. some promise. Things are fine. Like Herbert. Broke the, broke the damn down yeah. last year. So, like, that's why he won it. Uh, I would have had no problem if Jeff, Jefferson did win it, but when Herb, you have know, a quarterback play that well, like, the narrative is always going to get pushed to him.
0: I also <laughs> learned from last week that I still think runbacks, maybe not overrated is the correct word, but not enough people are asking, why am I running this player back? Um, not just for game stacks, right? But you need to make sure that you're running back a player because they can answer or, like, be the best pivot um in that range because another player is higher rostered in that range like you don't want to run back tyler johnson or something like that just a cheap run back just to have a game stack um in that case you know like last week you could have double stacked the bucks and just genuinely not played a single bears player um because the run back isn't important in that situation so just something else to look to as we continue moving on through this long season you should look to play good players i mean exactly exactly
1: the Bears don't have good players that what you're saying? I mean
2: Darnell Mooney is fine right like but I mean <laughs> this this offense we we're, we're not attaching ourselves to any more Bears man the rest of the way out <laughs> maybe like, Cluel, maybe Cleo Herbert but like maybe I mean, running back
0: yeah I mean, like, no, was, one, was, no
2: one throwing the ball
0: it was a week Justin Fields had a season high pass attempts and Al Robinson came away with a season low target share like uh I think that tells you all we need to know so far but that went exactly like we
2: talked about, man. That that yeah. Bucks game. I mean, it's it's unfortunate, you know, because the Bucks D ended up a little chalky, uh, and it got there. But that's exactly. Listen, man, Justin Fields, man. If you you want to bring heat on him, he just get, that internal clock just it's not processing, man. It's not exactly. It's a it's a windup. It's a, it's definitely not a Rolex. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's a Casio.
2: Yeah. Uh, uh, Diggle, I
1: read one of your articles you popped out there in the Twitter machine and uh I, it was so crazy to see it, but it's fully justified. You, you were talking about Allen Robinson being a drop and it's like, like uh, he hasn't had one good week. I don't think the entire season, Like was he wide receiver? You know, you guys both are really, really sharp obviously in season long stuff, but wide receiver 60 or something like that. He's just been dreadful and I don't know if is that, it's that on him, but the situation is not good.
0: He hasn't had a single finish inside the top 46 wide receivers yet this year. And on a week last week, that 18 of the top 50 receivers were either injured or on bye. Robinson still finished as the wide receiver 69. Overall. It was a, uh, it was rock bottom. It was pretty disastrous. Not nice.
1: Yeah. That's, that's just yeah. horrendous. Um, if, this, if this is your first time checking out the uh, NFL pick six show, where have you been? It's week eight. Uh, this is how the show works. We focus on the main slate uh, 12 games, only two teams on by this week. No Baltimore, no Vegas talk. Uh, the Thursday night game, green Bay, Arizona, not really going to focus on that. As much as we want to, we're not going to talk about Dallas and Minnesota, the Sunday night game, and of course the Monday night game, the Giants and Kansas City not talking about. I actually, do you guys have any, I'm kind of thankful that Kansas City is not in the main slate because they keep costing me American dollars. It's not going well for your boy (laughs) over here. Rebar, do you have like general thoughts as far as what's wrong with Kansas City? Because, I mean, I'm just, I'm glad I don't have to mess with it. It's just one
2: of those things where I just can scratch them off and we'll figure it out next week. Yeah, but part of it is a, definitely a relief that they're not uh, on the main slate. I mean, just a little bit of pressing, not taking what the defense has given to them, you know, for making mistakes. I mean, typically in the NFL, if you turn the ball over, you're going to have a hard time winning and they lead the NFL in turnovers. And, you know, a lot of teams, listen, Patrick Mahomes is getting blitz at the lowest rate in the NFL, just 13% of his dropbacks. Teams are sitting back in those two high safety shells, and they're just pressing, trying to make too many plays, you know. So, I mean, they just got to start taking what the defense gives them. Uh, I have the utmost confidence in Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, though. I definitely am not someone that the world is burning, maybe for real football. Maybe this really does hurt their playoff chances, but I do believe that the Chiefs will be productive uh, over the course of the season.
0: You got anything to add there, Daigle? Uh like you, I'm glad they're not on the slate so I don't have to double stack them <laughs> homes and then late swap off Daryl Henderson and everyone again. Um, yeah, that's pretty much what I'm thankful for. It was hey, that, good worked good out, that worked out though. That uh, so worked out. Well, it somewhat worked out. You know what? I, I didn't. didn't. I also didn't realize Hopkins and James Conner were going to be like on FanDuel, mid stakes, high stakes. They were over like 15%. They were pretty popular. So I pretty much slate swapped on other high roster players. Did not work out.
2: I definitely didn't uh, factor in the the Stafford narrative enough. So in in the red zone that last week, the Rams had ran twelve renzo zone plays. They called eleven passes, out a twelve. Like so, I mean that, that you, everyone was wondering how Daryl didn't get there. Uh, they, this man, they were letting Stafford get his get his back uh, on uh, the Lions. <laughs> when,
0: we, when we get to new positional plays, let's do it again. Let's talk about the Rams again. Yeah,
2: baby. I mean, listen, we got to run Daryl back this week. Oh yeah. He's so cheap on DK. Uh,
1: This is how the show goes. If this is your first time, we feature three games, break it down from all sorts of directions. Then we kind of run it back and give our favorite plays position by position of players that were not on the three games that we did feature. The first game we're featuring here, Daigle, Tennessee at Indianapolis 51 is the total. It's the highest total on the board. It's weird because it's the highest total on the board, but it's also the game that's projected to have the fewest amount of plays, which is just, you know, you don't see that too often. But that's, this is what we have. And it's not a huge discrepancy. It's like 120 or so, as opposed to at the bottom, like 133, 132 at the top. Uh, so Henry, is he a focal point once again, as far as this slate?
0: Henry's always a focal point, And it just comes down to what you want to do. Uh, 11K Derek Henry didn't even come close to getting there, despite getting 30 touches again last <laughs> week. But now Fandle has kindly reduced his price to only 10.5. So uh, again, you can go there if you want. Um, last week, I was really just waiting to see where his ownership was going to end up at because I want I wanted to play like seven, eight percent Derrick Henry, but he didn't end up getting there, which is fine. I played Daryl Williams instead, but it turns out. Whenever you play the the starting running back on the team, you th- expect to score 35 points and they score three points. It doesn't matter. Anyway, so who cares? Um, nonetheless, another great spot for Derrick Henry, but also a good spot for the Titans passing game. Because what we're seeing now is an ode to last year. It's almost like they purposely started running the ball so heavily, not only because that's their identity, but trying to at least believe running the ball is going to set up their play action game and what happened was the first month of the season they ran 25 percent of their drop backs from play action and now in their last three games up to 10 percent all the way to 35.3 percent play action rate and Tannehill just like last year when Tannehill averaged 9.7 yards per attempt from play action and only seven yards per attempt without it is averaging 10.4 yards per attempt from play action this year and only six and a half yards per tent without it a massive digression. So overall, just with the Titans passing game, suddenly clicking as well. Uh, I think you have both your leverage spots and you can see where ownership comes in at, because I do believe Rich will talk about the Colts side in a bit, but uh, I believe we're going to get a lot of points scored in this game. And so you can go either Henry or Tannehill in the passing game. I uh, I ran a bunch of apples before the show as I'm one to do. And, and- it's always, you have
1: to note, people listen to us, a lot of some people listen live, but most listen to, you know, Thursday morning or something like that. This is Wednesday night and things change. But as of right now, 0%, 0% of lineups, Derek Henry is popping in as far as optimals on both Vandal and DK, uh, you know, things change as the week progresses, but just kind of sort of someone interesting. Doesn't mean he's not going to be owned because, you know, raw points matter too. Uh, j- jump in here, Reeves, as far as your thought on Tennessee, whatever you want to elaborate on, and then, you know, feel free to jump over to the
2: Colts. Yeah, we've got some coaches that get over the hurdle that you don't have to run the ball to run play action. The next hurdle now is to get them to run play action in negative game script. You know, that's what's happened to Tennessee. You know, they, and it's apt to happen to all teams. Like they just abandon play action when it's time to, you know, chase, chase uh, points on the scoreboard. And when you're in games, you can run more play action. I mean, I, I would love to see, you know, Ben Baldwin or one of the uh, the, R, the R guys or Python guys, you know, go and, go and look at that, you know, if you can, how effective play action is, you know, trailing how often teams do it. Um, the other thing too is that T- Tannehill's just been protected a little better too. He's been sacked on just one of his past 59 dropbacks the past two weeks. Uh, uh, you know, after he was sacked on 9.9% of his dropbacks uh, and the Colts are dead last, the NFL and pressure rate, they're significantly, you have a wide gap in EPA allowed per play versus the run in the past. You're actually number one in EPA per play against the run. And when these teams played in earlier in the season, you know, they at least made Derek Henry work for it. He got uh, to 113 yards, but he had to get a ton of touches, 28 28 carries to get those 113 yards. So they at least made him work for it. Uh, in that game. But in that game, Tannehill had his highest scoring fantasy game of the year. He threw three touchdowns. Uh, Arthur Wan only played 15 snaps and Julio Jones only played 50% of snaps in that game. So he did it throwing to the, the gaggle of vagabonds of Chester Rogers and Nick Westbrook Ikeen Uh, I can't remember who threw the other touchdown pass to in that game Uh, maybe Jeremy McNichols Uh, I I forget but uh, you know so we're gonna see I mean Tennessee's gonna run the football that's what they do on everybody and the big dog can get over anybody but this is a game where it sets up for Tannehill to kind of still continue to throw the football and throw the football well Uh, and we saw you know Arthur Wan's been playing well the last six quarters. We kind of got a glimpse of what he could do, the ceiling now, and we feel good about him moving forward. Julio, at least, was out there last week. Uh, he played just 43% of the snaps, but, you know, was able to get out there. And just having his presence is a, at least a contribution to the offense uh, compared to what's behind him on the roster. So, yeah, I do like uh, this passing game, and then uh, we could talk about the runbacks on the other side, but I do like the the Tannehill, Arthur Wan runback, uh, even without the element of it feeling like it's point chasing.
1: What do you have as far as the Colts, as far as your runbacks? Taylor, I guess they have figured it out. It took them like seven weeks. I'm like, hey, maybe we should give this guy that got the ball a little bit more. He's clearly our best running back. Um, Hilton, I think we're expecting Hilton back this week. How much does that muck up the like a guy like Pittman, who I think is pretty talented as well, too. But we saw at least in the one game they played together, I don't think he did particularly well. Uh, is that of any concern? How does that uh, change things as far as the receivers on the Indianapolis side?
2: I think the biggest problem from two weeks ago when Hilton played is that they just boat raced the Texans. I mean, once only through 20 passes, uh, you know, Pittman does have a declining target share uh, from the previous week in each of his past five games, but, He's still running a route on 96% of the team dropbacks. That's sixth among all receivers in the NFL. And in that game, he ran way more routes uh, than T.Y. Hilton as well. So, with the way he's playing, still, I still feel good about him, especially against this Tennessee defense that, you know, is 28th in yards per target to opposing wide receivers, 24th in points, five per target. Uh, Barring, you know, even what they, how the success they had last week against Kansas City, I still am not putting stock in that this is a rejuvenated or a defense that I'm scared of uh, and willing to avoid now. So, I do like Pittman. And then, like you said, Jonathan Taylor is kind of in the the zone of where we thought he would be kind of starting the year after the slow box. And they got the offensive line. is getting healthy. Braden Smith looks like he's going to play this week. Uh, big Quentin Nelson
0: came back last week. So it's all kind of coming together for the Colts at the right time here. And what we've seen also is that Jonathan Taylor also at least 15 touches and four consecutive games as Marlon Mack is really only taken away from Naheem Hines, not Taylor. They're still keeping Taylor out there in particular, the past two games in the passing game as well, with a route on 60% of Carson Wentz's dropbacks. And that's why I think Winston, the Colts can respond on offense here because Tennessee was pasted by Zach Wilson for nearly 300 yards. Uh, Trevor Lawrence also had 275 yards and also seven carries for a rushing score. And then Josh Allen for 353 yards and multiple touchdowns before the Chiefs averaged just 4.1. No, no, no. uh, Was it 4.9, 4.9 yards per play um, last week. And whatever the hell that was with three turnovers against the Titans. And so, Although this matchup is a rewind, it's really not from week two, since Carson Wentz has thrown multiple touchdowns and averaged over three carries per game in every game since these two teams last played. Um, also, the Colts in that first game they did score twenty five points and still had two turnovers inside Tennessee's thirty yard line, so points left on the board too. So, yeah, I, I think it's a, a pretty good spot for the passing game overall. You guys got anything else as far as this game? Oh. Uh, uh, well, one little, one little sneaky thing I just want to add is that the Colts did run a season high rate of twelve personnel with more two tight end sets without T.Y. Hilton last week. So we'll see what happens with T.Y. Hilton. Um, Jack Doyle has run. 49 routes to Mo Alley-Cox's 35 in the last three games. But Cox, as the just more talented player, has seen 10 targets to Doyle's three in that span. And so if we're going to see uh, more usage for Mo Alley-Cox and more pass attempts, that's a pretty sneaky, uh, cheapy tight end on DraftKings, for instance.
1: Yeah, I think Rebar or went on. Sounds good to me. All right. Do you have a stat in your pocket you're going to least at some point in this game? It's somehow going to trump. It's going to top last week's Hunter Renfro a double move uh whatever you busted out on us
2: because uh, the people are demanding it it was very exciting i mean you can't let that kind of pressure you got to let those things happen organically
1: (laughs) fair enough maybe we'll have something for the people in the miami uh the miami buffalo game i think this is our very first time it took us eight weeks we're going to feature the miami dolphins miami dolphins in buffalo 49 and a half is the total they're currently 13 and a half point dogs uh best quarterback on the slate from a raw point perspective is josh allen uh rebar is he just can we justify is, is he somebody going to we're going to try to jam in uh in our lineups 31 and a half as far as the team total here against miami and again salary cap concerns and who knows how it's going to go down as far as the cap being you know a little bit looser as the week progresses if injuries sort of kind of fall our way uh how much do you feel like you have to have josh allen
2: i mean the way this slate plays out you know no kyler lamar's on by Dax on sunday night mahomes is on monday night um uh, yeah, he's kind of that guy that's up there, right? Like because when you talk about the the dual threat archetypes, the guys that can have a huge passing game and give you rushing production, he's kind of uh in his own orbit this this week, the way it's played out. So I mean, I do think he'll be really popular and at least he's really expensive if you want to go a different direction. Um, but yeah, I do think it's warranted. I mean, my Miami is, you know, pretty rough against the past. Uh, we know they're gonna we know they're gonna keep blitzing, right? Like this is what Miami does, they're fourth in the NFL in blitz rate. And they blitzed Josh Allen on 34% of his dropbacks in week two. And Allen struggled in that game against the blitz. He was 4 of 12 against the blitz in that game, 4.7 yards for pass attempt. Since that game, Buffalo has kind of corrected, because uh, remember that was week two and Josh Allen, remember how he started the year. He struggled against pressure early in the season, but since that game they've kind of corrected some things uh, against the blitz since then, he's 22 of 33 passing, 8.6 yards for pass attempt. Uh, he's handled up. Uh, Pressure just a lot better. Uh, Miami's still thirty first in the NFL in passing points allowed per game to opposing passers. We've seen uh, you know Matt Ryan have no trouble you know hitting Russell Gage for wide open fifty yard touchdowns against them last week. Uh, so I mean yeah, it feels just like a spot. Yeah, it's easy to say. I don't think we need really a lot of support uh, for Josh Allen, and I think he stands out this week because of just the archetype he is compared to the field of passers. I'm uh, just taking a take a look at the the
1: salaries on Fanduel. I don't know if you've ever seen it discondensed. Uh, Steph Diggs is seven three. A Manny Centers at six seven. You know Beasley at six one. Like typically, the gap is much wider from Diggs to the second guy, second guy to the third guy. I mean, Diggs hasn't exactly had like a Diggs like season, right? But still, that's that's kind of stands out, doesn't it?
0: That seems peculiar. Is that just Diggs it? is still thirteenth in the league in targets. He just scored two touchdowns. That's really what's happening here. Uh, I will say also, I'm curious to see what happens because. Maybe without Dawson Knox, the league's best tight end, they just throw in Tommy Sweeney, who I believe is still the only tight end on their active roster right now. Um, But also what we could see after we saw Cole Beasley have his highest target share since week three, 19% before the bye and run the most routes he's run on uh, Josh Allen's drop back since week one is that they just run more 11 personnel and they throw Beasley out there as well. So I think Beasley is a pretty good option as well if you're looking to double stack Allen with Diggs. I imagine we'll see uh, a lot of ten personnel here. I imagine they they'll dust off Gabe
2: Davis a little mm-hmm. bit for this game. Uh, with, is that four with, wide?
1: What's ten personnel? Four yeah, wide.
2: Yeah, yeah. With uh, with Dawson Knox being sideline. Just That's count. What I figured they would. Do. Just
0: count from the backfield. Uh, so one is the one running back, and then zero is zero tight ends. Thus, four wide receivers. Oh wow! Ten okay. personnel.
1: I didn't know that little Chico. That makes sense. Uh, according to our RG page, is a person named Cahill Waring. That's a potential second tight end. I don't know who that is. But I
2: actually didn't know he was on Buffalo.
0: I really didn't know. I just
2: found out John Brown was on the Broncos.
0: Well, he actually got cut this week. So he's not oh, on did the Broncos he? Yeah.
2: Oh, well, he's not now. I just found out he was on a
0: team. He's not on it anymore. Yeah. He was active last week. <laughs> Daigle, what, what do you have, Ray, as far as the
1: Bills here, Daigle? Uh, do we think a Dart as far as what are these the running backs under the presumption that maybe they're going to be mopping up and you know, what may be a blowout and uh, the Bills running back situation is never really fun to kind of dissect. Um, yeah, and your favorite receiver. Who's your favorite receiver to pair with Allen when you consider the asking price?
0: Well, the before the buy, they basically split touches um, and also both ran 24 routes. So the exact same usage for both. Of course, in this game, even though Allen did struggle with 179 yards, uh, the Bills still scored 35 points. Like they still routed the Dolphins in a shutout. And so you would think you still need at least some players here. Having said that, I, I do really believe Beasley has um, an incredibly high floor, especially on DraftKings among all the receivers. So if I play Allen, I'll probably be looking to play him with Diggs and then one of Beasley or Davis, maybe even Davis and Beasley, who knows? Maybe we can get a little creative here. But overall, yeah, I still love Beasley, especially for his salary. And then, Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But there is a reason to believe like the Dolphins may be able to push back. Like remember Tua also got injured in week two. So like we didn't really get to see him play against the Bills. And um, what they've done over the last two games, the Dolphins, is basically just abandon the run and allowing Tua to throw at a, a top 10 rate in neutral game script, as well as average 43 half pass attempts per game also averaging three and a half carries per game in those last two contests so um bills of course are still uh, one of the top defenses in epa per drop back and they really didn't even struggle against ryan Tannehill. that was more uh ground game and efficiency that allowed the titans to win also mistakes in that situation as well but overall um i think Tuuk may be able to have a little bit of success here at least he'll get the passing volume Abe Davis, by the way, this could be useful.
1: 3.3K on DK, just $300 above the floor. Uh, He's he's basically a punt on Fandle, too. But, like, my general thought is, like, the 3K guy in DK is more useful than the 4.5, like 4.7, 5K guy in Fandle, just kind of when it comes down to lineup building. Uh, Do you guys happen to see the quote today from Tua? Did anybody catch this? Uh, (laughs) They asked him about, like, the the trade rumors, right? And here's this exact quote. I'm just quoting Tua. Uh, Maybe, uh, Rebar, you can tell me what he's saying by this. Uh, I don't not feel wanted.
2: Is, yeah, the, double that ne- the intentional double negative uh, you what don't does that mean that. I, don't know. <laughs> I don't know man he seems like a pretty upbeat guy still though so hey yeah. what are you gonna do
1: yeah we're assuming he doesn't get traded we're assuming he's a starting quarterback this well week. i don't, he don't think he he's
2: gonna be part of the trade regardless if it does happen
1: they bring somebody so, in and then they just kind of sit with him he's the number two like or maybe you're one in 1a one and we'll figure it out
2: well, I mean, I I don't think anyone knows what's going on with Sean Watson. So yeah, like, <laughs> I assume that's a situation. But uh, I don't know if the Texans even want a quarterback in return. Uh, so I mean, I I don't know. So I don't know how it really plays out. But they want to keep losing, right? I mean, he's they like, have to. They has to yeah. be a goal. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Although they're gonna uh, not they're gonna play Tyrod though. So yeah, is he gonna play this week? Because he's four nine on DK. Like, yeah, he's four nine. Play. He's playing like that's official.
1: Think, uh, he's on he's on track. Yeah, that's actually think, what yeah. that's
0: actually what makes the the Rams a little interesting because like Tyro was averaging nine and a half yards per attempt before he left. Uh, they were actually moving the ball with him somewhat, so you know if we get a little pushback into the Rams. That's some reason to play the Rams passing game with complete confidence. I do not even want to tell you the guy that, the quarterback that was popping on
1: DK and Optimals so on a Wednesday night, but it's right. It's, he's I I, Can I guess. With, go ahead, take take a guess. Since you since you made it sound ugly, is it uh Teddy Bridgewater? No, it, well, I was going to say worse, but it's in the same tier. It's got to be Sam Darnold. It's not Sam Darnold. 63% of Optimals. This is as of Wednesday night and whatever, whatever. And he's very cheap. He's in a dome. I'll give you that.
0: Wait, he's no, in a not. dome?
1: Yeah, he's in a dome. I don't
0: know.
1: He was in a revenge game last week that didn't really work out for him. Revenge versus coach. Jared Goff.
0: Spoiler. Oh, oh. No, Jared Goff. Yeah, we're not we're not playing Jared Goff.
1: <laughs> I don't think we are either. <laughs> no, we're just not going
0: to have the optimal lineup then.
1: Yeah, I mean, again, this stuff changes and whatever, whatever. I just thought it was sort of interesting. When I run it through, I'm like, oh no, I made that face. But all right, so Tua, especially if we get Parker out this week, and I guess right now he's kind of questionable. Did they say he was week to week last week or whatever it is? We'll see. Stay tuned on that. If he's out, Rebar, like I love the pairing here with uh, gaseki who's essentially playing wide receiver. Uh, Waddle is in play too, and. Especially in the comeback, you know, assuming they're, they're going to be chucking a good bit. I, I'm in, I'm in, you know, or play Allen with like at least one of Gasecki or Waddle. It's a nice little, you know, you know game stack as well. Uh, well. What are your thoughts as far as Tua and who's your favorite receiver to pair them with?
2: Yeah, the, the the, dolphin side is a little tricky because I mean, the pass volume has been there, but also <laughs> the production came against the Jaguars and Falcons. Yeah. Uh, you know, when these two teams played earlier in the year, the Bills pressured Miami quarterbacks on 60, 60% of their dropbacks. Like that's just an absolute absurd number. And that's why two got knocked out of that game early in the game. Brisech could have been sacked like a dozen more times in that game and just shed tacklers off because he's so big. Uh, so it's very interesting. gasecki has been hot, but he has just one tight end one game in seven career games against the Bills. And that game came with Matt Milano out of the lineup. Uh Waddle is completely fine, but now the pricing is starting to come up because the ownership's been high the past two weeks uh, and the targets have been there. Uh, definitely, you know, as a low A dot guy fits right into one giving up pressure uh, and then opposing passers have just a six and a half yard average up the target against the Buffalo Bills. at the second lowest in the NFL. So that does fit. Uh, for him so um so i mean that's going to be like right in line of parker's out he's going to get jammed a bunch of targets uh we know will fuller slot again i'm not in love this is one where Gagle said i don't know if you necessarily have to force the bring back here if you don't want to but there are options if you do who's your favorite one if you have to take somebody i mean it has to be waddle by default nakaseki I just explained to you why I wouldn't. Yeah, like, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to make it. I'm trying to force you to say Kiseki because I like Gaseki. <laughs> no, I mean I have no problem with it. Listen, they're going to have to throw to him. It doesn't matter about the matchup. It's not you know it is what it is. Like they're going to throw him the football. And they're going to, yeah. and he's a guy that you know when he's 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 always covered anyway. It's not like he separates. You know he plays top shelf. You know football. Uh, look at the touchdown he had last week. It's covered by three guys. Yeah, you know, it doesn't matter. Like that's that's his game. I mean he's not running away from anybody. So.
0: I don't hate it though. Dangle, tell me you love Gaseki. <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. it's a it's a onesie position where yeah. like you no know, no Waller on the slate, um, no Kelsey on the slate. So yeah, sure, why not? is probably one of the best options. Uh, maybe it's a week we look to pay down. I also think you can go Miles Gaskin since Malcolm Brown went to IR. Uh, Savannah Ahmed just doesn't profile as a receiving back. He never has. We've seen him use Gaskin, though, in that role, in particular last weekend over Malcolm Brown. After handling the first five snaps, first four backfield touches for the Dolphins, then he went out. Gaskin did see a season-high 19 touches, um, out-snapped Ahmed 46-22, to and recorded all three running back touches inside the 10-yard line, also with a 10% target share, and now has at least a 10% target share in three consecutive games with at least four targets in all three of those contests. So if we expect them to be from behind, expect them to be passing a lot, Like Gaskin can also be used... um, as a pretty much a receiver in that game and negative game script. Yeah. We saw him get what? 10
1: catches against Tampa just a few weeks back as well, mm-hmm. too. Um, he crushed mm-hmm. that game. All right. Uh, anything else that's worth uh, worth noting in this game or shall I move on to our third game? Anybody, anybody got anything else or we're good to go? No, sounds good. Tampa at new Orleans 50 is the total new Orleans getting six points here. Tom Brady is still just crushing souls. Just absolutely incredible. Do we know Antonio Brown? Do we know his status just yet? I'm he's, assuming not he's not playing. Okay. I, I assume he was not playing this week, uh, you know, and tightens up those, uh, those targets for sure on the Tampa side and makes uh, pairing him with two dudes a little bit easier, I guess. Yeah. Rebar talk to me about Tom Brady and like, just how much do we like him against the Orleans? ones and the Orleans is just, they're going to run the ball mostly and the clock's going to be eaten. And, but like Brady's still going to get his, he doesn't care what the score is. He's a greedy Gus man. He's in the one yard on that two yard line. He's throwing those touchdowns. He wants to rack up as many as possible and good for him. He wants an MVP. I think I'm buying into that narrative. Like he wants to be probably the oldest person ever to get MVP. I would imagine. So T- talk to me about as far as uh, your thoughts, Brady at New Orleans this week.
2: Yeah. He leads the NFL of eight passing touchdowns inside the five yard line. Uh, very Aaron rodgers campaign going on for Tom Brady right now. I mean, last week he threw for 211 yards and under six yards for pass attempts and still threw four touchdown passes and it was like upset. Like he, taught, he said on the ride home, like all he thought about was that they should have scored 50 points in that game yeah <laughs> in the plays that they missed on the field uh the saints have been kind of a weird defense this year they've been really good i um, mean they're second in the league in passing points allowed per game um they have had like half of their schedule has been against mac jones taylor heineke and geno smith they also had that week one kind of shutdown of aaron Rodgers, but then they also gave up 305 passing yards to sam darnold and four passing yards to daniel jones like kind of a weird resume the saints have going on we know their defense is You know, definitely probably one of the better units in the NFL. Um, You know, Brady was not particularly good in any of the three games against the Saints last year. Uh, He only threw for 239, 209, and 199. Now you remove Antonio Brown from the picture. He does get Gronk back. Uh, He only threw four touchdowns in those games, too. So, I mean, they are, it's a familiar opponent with each other. Um, Obviously, now without having Drew Brees in this game, there's a different dynamic going on because. Jameis Winston they're trying to hide Jameis Winston and they've had to open it up a little bit the past two games and with that you've seen some of the warts of why they were hiding Jameis Winston you know he's completed just 50 and 54 percent of his passes also uh Jameis Winston by far the most uh, under pressure quarterback in the NFL and under pressure he's been an abject nightmare he's 20 of 56 passing under pressure uh four and a half yards per pass attempt compared to 9.1 yards per pass attempt and 73 percent completion rate when kept clean also, the Saints have put him in just ridiculous spots. He has by far the highest rate of pass attempts coming on non-first downs, needing seven or more yards. Almost 50% of his passes, 50, uh, 47.6% of his pass attempts, have come in those situations. So when they run on first down and get two yards, and then they have to throw, or they're in third and seven, along the, they just put him in terrible spots because they're trying to hide him. Uh, you know, it's it's definitely a, a weird dynamic the Saints have going on. We've seen some some. Some cracks in the foundation of when they have to have him throw. So I don't really know what the hell they're going to do. They're probably going to try to hide him again. I keep bringing it up. We talked about it the fields last week. People keep saying the Bucks' pass defense is bad. They're only bad because of just raw volume on a, a per yeah. play basis. Like they are really good. Uh, so, I mean, you know. It's just that you need like 40 pass attempts to keep getting over on a raw statistics. And I don't know if the saints are going to drop back and be willing to throw it 40 times. Just like we talked about with bears approach last week. I'm hearing play
1: Tampa Bay defense uh, and all that. Uh, Tampa (laughs) Bay defense sounds like a really, really strong play. I know it's Jameis Winston revenge game and all that, by the way, I just uh, Googled it. Uh, The oldest person to win the NFL MVP, Tom Brady, 2017. So there he goes. He might break his own record 40 years old when he did that. He was a man, super incredible. Uh, Jump in here, Daigle, as far as your thoughts on the Tampa Bay side and feel free to jump over to New Orleans, where it is the interesting conundrum where, uh, you know, you can't run the ball on Tampa. New Orleans wants to run the ball because they don't want Winston to be throwing the ball because that's going to be a problem. Uh, We saw 31 touches, I believe, last week for Kamara, Uh, 10 catches, 11 targets, 20 carries. I might be off by one or two, but you know the deal. Uh, He's the offense at this point. Can't guard Mike still like a week or two away. What are your thoughts here uh, as far as this game, they, going to go? How's it going to go down?
0: Yeah, Kamara has 51 of the backfield's 53 total touches in the Saints' last two games, but we've also seen them drop back more in their past two games. Uh, Winston has averaged 32 and a half pass attempts in that stint. Uh, going back to back in season highs and pass attempts and also average seven carries per game with a little bit of a rushing juice in that span. And so if they are forced to do that against the Bucs like Rich said it comes down to is he going to be under pressure or not because despite being good against the blitz this year and as we know the Bucks blitz the league's highest rate completing 60% of his passes for four touchdowns in one pick. If the blitz gets there and he's under duress the entire time, it's probably going to be an abject disaster. So overall, uh, I still believe, though, that they're going to feature Kamara, even though they did just trade for Mark Ingram. Mark Ingram, clearly very aware of the playbook, um, should step in seamlessly. Even though this would not be a good spot for Mark Ingram himself, maybe that takes away overall touches and even passing volume from Kamara. So you would have to hope for overall offensive volume if you're looking at anyone in this game besides Kamara. But overall, yeah, it's just really hard to pinpoint the receivers otherwise. Like everything looks good behind the scenes on paper for Marques Calloway, except the results so far because he's not that good. Um, otherwise, like even Kenny Stills, um, they're trying to get him involved. And we saw in his one deep target, he dropped it. And then uh, Traycon Smith was pretty much a nightmare, even almost getting kicked out of the game until he uh, finally got a target in the second half. So overall, that's the really thing here too, is that outside of Kamara, which is easy in a showdown slate, but in a main slate, you can't really stack them with anyone, like Winston with anyone.
1: Stills was like 50% owned on that showdown <laughs> slate. And that, that would have that changed everything because he was like 200 bucks or 400 bucks on uh, DK.
0: I had I had him and uh, Josh Myers and to see two 50 yard field goals missed and a drop pass, it was uh, it was a disaster because that would have been that would have been sweet.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I was bummed until I realized 50% of the field had him. So I'm like, I don't know how much that would have changed, but yeah. Oh boy, what a that, that was the worst showdown I think we've had so far this year. Uh, two of the the quarterback managers, just uh, the quarter. Was that what's that the term they use? Quarterback uh, managers. The... Well, well,
0: imagine imagine being the fifty percent of the field that didn't have Kamara captain. That was even worse. <laughs> for them. No, go to bed, <laughs> close the laptop,
1: fire up Kirby <laughs> enthusiasm, the, the succession, or something else. Uh, you got anything else here on this game, uh, Rich? I'm, I don't know you uh, have any thoughts as far as the Saints' offense or lack thereof. It's hard to get excited. Like Kamara, in theory, is the offense, and yes, they brought over Mark Ingram. Bre- apparently brennan cooks is not happy about that if you're looking at his tweets um maybe to be fair to
2: mark tra- ingram seems like a really dope teammate like he he seems yes. like a really great dude yes. <laughs> <That'd be> pretty- <laughs> <laughs> we don't even know if that that tweet was about that either but you know, yeah hey, but, but hey i mean mark ingram does seem like a really awesome teammate though sure yeah maybe cooks is just
1: trying to get traded too like and i assume why wouldn't he like why wouldn't you trade him also like why not I don't, when's the trade-up, like a week away or something? To be
2: fair, I'm happy if he stays and just continues to accrue like 35% of the targets and like 50% air yards. I'm, I'm okay with that too. Uh, but, you know, this isn't a Brandon Cooks podcast.
0: Um, but, uh, <laughs> it, it, it's about to be in the positional plays, but yeah, not
2: the full time. <laughs> oh, no. But, uh, yeah, I mean, listen, be, I mean, Kamara's going to – he's for as great as a game he had Monday night. I mean, people will still see the Bucks, and he'll probably come in lighter than he – you know, than his ceiling is capable so I mean, we're talking about 4 p.m. pivots in this game. Like he's still got to be at least on the board because you know we're looking at our 4 p.m. games here. And if you're saving salary, we've got Chargers, New England, we got Jacksonville, Seattle, this game, and football team and Broncos. So hmm. yeah, I mean, it's gonna be basically this is this is where the the money, the pivot money is gonna be. Um, unless you really want to chase, you know, I think James Robinson is interesting, but you know, Hey, I, you know, whatever uh, maybe some of the chargers guys, but yeah. So, I mean, this is where people are going to be trying to pivot to you to chase. Cause it's the highest game total and you've got the highest salary guys in this game. I think Godwin will be really popular. Uh, he was popular last week once Antonio Brown was out, uh, especially on Fanduel where he was, I think six, seven last week. And just everyone played him there and he got there, he, you know, he had a lot um, his best high scoring game of the season uh, with Antonio Brown being out. And then we've got the, uh the annual battle of Mike Evans versus Marshawn Lattimore. Uh, you know, kind of going on. It's they're fun when they when they play each other, man. I mean, you, even Monday night was fun with La, Lattimore and DK. Those two dudes uh, put on a nice fun little show uh mm-hmm. as well. I mean, but Mike Evans, I mean, he's been kind of kind of wrecked in these games. He's had he has one monster game on Lattimore to at least let you know that he's capable of doing it. He had seven for one forty-seven and one uh in one of the games that they had against him. But we've also seen Evan Shadow twice this year by Trayvon Diggs in week one, and we saw him get shattered by Darius Slay on Thursday night, two weeks ago, and those are by far his worst games of the season. Uh, so if the Saints do come out and deploy, you know, Marshawn Lattimore on Mike Evans, um, you might see something similar and just a lot of targets naturally flock towards Chris Godwin and maybe even a little bit of Tyler Johnson.
0: Tyler Johnson was in on a season high, 73% of routes on Tom Brady's dropbacks in place of Antonio Brown. Only saw a 5.5% target share, just two targets. But yeah, if they're not throwing, they guys not. Right. Yeah. they um, Godwin and Evans accounted for 60% of the Bucks targets, uh, 21 and 35. So like, but in this case, if they're not throwing in Evans' direction because of Lattimore, um, you know, we may see some more targets for Tyler Johnson, another cheap option on DraftKings, if you want to go that route. Also, rumors that Gronk will be back. And if so, I don't mind squeezing him, you know, in double stacks with uh, Chris Godwin, if you want to go that route as well. Even if he's limited, like, you know, they're going to have him out there where it matters most in the red zone. So I think he's a good play too you mentioned uh mike
1: evans reminded me we're contractually obligated to give our opinion on about the and giving the football to a fan and what would you have done and why this guy why was this guy wrong why is he a big dummy does anybody have a take on like the the 600th football pass touchdown i would i would
0: ha- i would have to go get my roommate to yell about it <laughs> no.
1: oh, what, what is so mistake
0: no one <laughs> is he, is he no angry one no one wants to start more fights talking about that than Silva who uh is very happy for the guy and will fight you if you have any other opinion besides being happy for the guy which by the way is the right opinion
2: I also have a Silva update he texted me during the show and wanted me to let Dagle know the dishes are not going to do themselves (laughs) I I was listening uh, to
1: a podcast that he was talking about he was throwing throwing shade your way Dagle I think he said uh like you never cook, I think, was, is that, is that, you, like you, somebody was asking about, it was a big night for cooking and I guess you're not the cook
0: of the household. It's been a busy year. Uh, <laughs> I've been cooking less this year. Um, I, I will say if you want to transition this to the Silva story of the week. Um, sure, go for it. Chris Allen of four, came to visit Chicago over the weekend. Um, great dude, very good friend. And Blair was also, it was also, or I should have said his daughter's name. It's his daughter's weekend as well um, to stay here. And so she was like caught up in the storm that is Alan, Silva, and Daigle, and like a few friends over, like the neighbors and whatnot, because the neighbors had their kids over as well. But when everyone left, you know, Chris and I are still up, having, having a few drinks still. And then we just hear footsteps, running, jumping down the stairs. And uh, it's two in the morning, three in the morning. And then I look over and Blair's like laughing. And I was like, one, you're supposed to be asleep. Two, what are you laughing at? And she goes, daddy just ordered 36 pints of ice cream. And I said, what is happening in this household right now? And wouldn't, wouldn't you know it, literally 30 minutes later, Six bags get dropped on the doorstep at three in the morning. And so I go outside and get them. And then I hear the bigger footsteps of the Silva household coming downstairs. And it's 36 pints of ice cream with frozen Snicker bars and frozen cookie sandwiches as well. All delivered at three in the morning. He takes, he eats a quarter of one pint and puts the rest in the freezer. What was the emergency that you needed 36? Was there a deal or something on DoorDash? <laughs> I, don't, I have so many questions. Why 36? Did he buy them from Costco? You. You learn in this household that those questions are better left unasked. Where <laughs> do, do they, they go? <laughs> where like where do they get stored? Uh, in the freezer. And they so all fit? They all, what's oh, no, yes, they all fit because this household also lacks in groceries because I'm not cooking much. So <laughs> it
2: all it all comes back. <laughs> yeah. All you, got, all you
0: gotta do is like move the terramano bottles out of the way and then uh, stuff the ice cream <laughs> in the rest of the freezer. <laughs>
1: Those are our three games we're going to feature. We're going to run it back and talk about our (laughs) fair plays in each position. Before we do so, we want to shout out our sponsor, Jock Market. Jock Market, stop throwing your money away. It's time to check out Jock Market, the app where daily fantasy becomes a stock exchange. Buy and sell shares of players in real time for real money. Download now for a 100% deposit bonus up to $50 using the promo code GRINDERS. That's G-R-I-N-D-E-R-S. Get this now if you do not turn a profit. This week, Jock Market, they're going to cover your losses in your very first event. Download Jock Market on the uh, in the App Store or in Play Stores. Check out JockMarket.com. That's J-O-C-K-M-K-T.com. Use the code Grinders for a one hundred percent deposit match up to fifty dollars on your first deposit. All right, Dago, quarterbacks this week that we're going to talk about that we've not yet featured uh herbert versus new england stafford once again in a game where they should route somebody in a dome a big time favorite <laughs> we touched on jared goff the possibility of uh, Tyrod taylor coming back at 4.9 k on dk and then there's jalen hurts who just always finds a way to get there A matchup against detroit maybe will actually score points in the first quarter and the second quarter against detroit uh what yeah. do you have for Dagle? Uh, those kind of quarterbacks and anybody else want to add to the conversation feel free to fire away
0: Well, it's a slate where we're asking who can match the ceiling if Josh Allen were to go off. And so that, of course, does all lead back to Matthew Stafford. Uh, Daryl Henderson also, well, Matthew Stafford and Daryl Henderson, like that's the way I look at this slate. Like these are the two biggest pieces, especially after Daryl Henderson didn't get there, but all the peripherals were amazing. Even in handling 18 of 20 backfield touches last week, he just didn't score. And we're also seeing more targets solely as a wide receiver, like a split out running back as well, the past two games. Now they're just using him all over the field. So I don't really even think it's about like, if you want to roster Matthew Stafford, of course you do. It's about getting creative with them, which is why I talk about the Rams as a whole now, because you don't have to run to have a run back and you can still play Stafford. Stafford henderson you can go cooper cup of course who's averaging more DraftKings points than derrick henry now and then also like if you want to just sneak in some other players it's tyler higby who without johnny munt we saw um have a season high target share he just didn't get inside the end zone like as much as he should have and then also van jefferson season high in snaps and season high in routes run um in his first game with more 11 personnel as well so overall like You could still play Stafford despite what the ownership says. It's just a matter of what else you do with him. I think it becomes a weekly topic, especially in a Rams situation like this one. Rich, your thoughts?
2: Yeah, I mean, I like to play all the Rams players. They're going to score a lot of points. (laughs) I feel really good about all those takes. Uh, yeah, I love running Daryl oh, Henderson back to yeah. <laughs> you. Listen, take. Yeah, that's when you come for top-level top, top analysis like that in this show. Uh, yeah, Houston's 30th in rushing points allowed to opposing running backs. Uh, 5.2 yards per carry, that's also 31st. 30.4% of the fantasy points they have allowed in the season have come on the ground, which is also 31st in the NFL. So I do love the, the Daryl, you know, flop lag spot as well. Uh, you keep playing Cooper Cup? Yeah, I mean, all those guys. I think, I think, you know, Brandon Cooks with at least Tyrod coming back is interesting, um, especially more on a site like FanDuel where he can kind of get there in one play. Like FanDuel has been really kind of coy with Brandon Cooks' pricing all year. He's only 6K flat. So he does present like at least a nice cheap bring back to in, in that stack if you do want to bring him back. Uh, he's still accounting for 30% of the team targets, uh, 49% of the team air yards. Uh, so I do like him as well uh, in that one. And I, I, like Higby, the Higby call as well. He's super cheap as well. Uh, yeah, that all sounds good.
0: The point was before these smart asses said something is you can play four Rams. That is my point. You don't have to, stick to double stack. You can actually play four of them and feel safe. Four I mean, the, the cool thing world.
2: that just onslaught, you're just gonna go crazy onslaught. If you go small yeah. field, you could do it. You go small field. if you get the game, right, you're going to smoke. If you do it enough, uh, if you do it in a, in a small enough field, um, if you're wrong, you obviously are not going to win any money, but you know, it is isn't. you can get away with it in a small field, you know, if you're going to play like the 222 or something. One of my lineups
1: last week, when I main line of my thought process was my cash game lineup was, well, I'm just going to have all the Rams touchdowns and play Stafford with Henderson, you know, and I thought that the distribution would be a little bit different. Henderson. I mean, you play. did. You did. Yeah. It worked. <laughs> yeah. Well, Henderson <laughs> didn't do anything. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there was no Sonny Michelle touchdowns to my recollection or any defensive touchdowns or anything like, anything like that. But, uh, by the way, side note: Was there no defensive touchdowns last week? Does anybody remember this? Because I feel like I don't remember seeing one. Just maybe unleashed in the main slate. Oh, like, that, that means touchdown? they weren't
0: on red zone at least.
1: <laughs> no no <laughs> red zone. They show every touchdown, no matter, no matter how meaningful that may or may not be to the game. <laughs> they make sure they know they know who's watching. They know it's the DFS guys, than the fantasy guys. How how dare you? I can't think of team. any. I can't think of any off the top of my head. Yeah. I, I don't recall because I, I remember thinking that as like the slate was about over and I'm like, which is even crazier
2: because the, the bucks still scored like 20 fantasy points.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They, they still <laughs> crushed, but I'm pretty yeah. sure there's no defensive. I mean, pressure. all the
2: teams got there last week. The Packers got there, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, except for the Cardinals, right? Like, I mean, they, they were fine, but like, you know, th- that's the thing this year, right? Like is actually paying for defenses is might is like the one of the leverage points of fantasy uh, DFS mm-hmm. this year. Cause everyone's just punting.
1: Yeah, and you got Tampa versus Jameis this week, too. And people probably gonna play it because I'm assuming
2: Tampa's too expensive. I've not looked at the the Giants last week, too. They were the chief defense. They had a zillion points. They had a safety. There was a bunch of safeties. Didn't that game have two safeties? (laughs) Yeah, there was at least one. Yeah. (laughs) Of course that Uh, game had two safeties. Yeah, I mean Uh, it was yeah, there was was a lot of safeties going on. There was two games that were like five to three at one point. The Cardinals game and the Giants game were both five to three at one point. I need a Jalen Hurts take against Detroit, and there's also some rumors out there
1: that he might get benched. That's not, is that happening? Is that for real, or is that just people talking nonsense on Twitter?
2: I don't know. I mean, listen, I've had a little bit of inside behind the scenes in that organization, and everything I've heard about is that they've never really been keen on him. Uh, So, I mean, it it wouldn't surprise me, but it shouldn't happen. I mean, first of all, there's no reason for them not to at least see this thing through and see how things are last year. I mean, Jalen Hurts. Is is op, he occupies none of the salary cap? He's a second round pick. He still presents the most upside if he's right. We we know what Gardner Minshew is. Uh, ben Baldwin even put. Uh, uh, a chart out today. You can find that in his feed that shows, you know, a quarterback performance, completion rate over expectation, and EPA per play on the first 400 plays of a player's career, and and Hurts is ahead of Gardner Minshew. Gardner Minshew's a fine backup. He can win you games uh, for a stretch of the season, but we know what he is. Gardner Minshew's built up a ton of cachet because he seems like a really cool dude to drink light beer with, but like <laughs> he's a he's a very very average quarterback now we he's don't know if Hertz, light
1: beer is he? he's not drinking light beer garden issue i don't think yeah, so. he
2: drinks like beast like milwaukee beast light he, he would be a natty dog sure. yeah, Milwaukee's natty <laughs> Yeah, natty natty light but uh but we don't know if hurts is a good quarterback still but it, he at least presents the most like r- the highest you know range of outcomes for a ceiling potential if it was to work also not as a complete defensive hurts they've had a really bad schedule and like the last three weeks they faced two of the, the three of the better pass defenses in terms of fantasy points allowed uh so far this season this week he gets the lions who are 32nd epa like let's give it this week and see what happens uh you know it, it, him versus the, the easiest spot that he's had all year uh against this lions defense so i mean he's a guy it's been rough too like his offensive lines been banged up the rushing
1: games he's, been he's, in, he's
2: indoors in a dome uh let's see see what goes he does present a lot of upside he's gotten there now this is probably a game like you said it won't be like a hair and fire situation right like it's like he's going to need points before the fourth quarter in this one because the lions aren't going to be like up 20 um and if if they are then something really bad happened for him for his outcome <laughs> uh, that, that the was the, the game,
0: game last week by the way for uh Dan Campbell to show up and cry about because they threw the kitchen sink at him they literally they just went down the line and said they just kicked two field goals
2: I mean, if if you cash in a couple of those red zone drives, uh, the, you know they kicked four field goals. Like mm-hmm. you know, they, they stole possessions, but they didn't finish them with touchdowns. There was one walk in touchdown DeAndre Swift had, which I would have loved because I was way in on DeAndre Swift last week, uh, where he ran like an option route, and him and Goff got crossed up. It looked like he kind of got flat footed for one second, Swift and Goff through it. He would have walked in for a second touchdown of the game. Um, but I digress. But I do think that Hurts is kind of fun because I think we'll see Goddard really po- I think Goddard to be really popular on this slate. We saw in his first game without Hurts, he played 93% of snaps, ran a pass route on 88% of the team dropbacks. Uh, the Lions, uh, awful, awful defense, 29th in yards, uh, a lot per target to tight ends. I think he'll be popular. Don't overlook Devonte Smith, though, in this game. Uh, we've had to fight through some quarterback volatility with him, but you know, He's still getting, you know, 7.6 targets per game. He's got a 23% target share. Detroit is allowing uh, 11 yards per target to opposing wide receivers. They've allowed a 52% completion rate on throws downfield. That's 28th in the NFL. So don't overlook Devontae Smith either. We, he did miss practice today with what appears to be headaches or migraines. So keep an eye on that. You know, it's early in the week. Uh, but I do think that uh, Goddard will be popular. He'll be a popular play.
1: Chat's talking about, uh, we got Grandpa Steve talking about Mike White, the quarterback in the chat. I thought Mike White was the guy who wrote the White Lotus. like he's a, He was in like a School of Rock or something. <laughs> like. he, different guy, different person apparently. Uh, Cincinnati defense. We don't talk much defense this week, but I guess that's probably going to be fairly, fairly popular. I've not seen the price yet, but this guy, Mike White, you know,
2: he, there's yeah, no Western Kentucky's finest, man.
1: Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, what is that? Who, who, who is he competing against? Who is the second most <laughs> finest at Western Kentucky? I don't know. <laughs>
2: Uh, they got, a they got a dude thrown for a bunch of yards this year. Zappy. Hey, he's got a bunch of yards he's got a great name too. I don't even know if I'm Dennis. saying it right. It's how it's, it's, that's how it looks to me phonetically. And it sounds really cool in my head. I, I don't watch a lot of college football, but I'll take your word
1: for it. And I, I'm excited for him to, to enter the draft. Hopefully he's a top prospect. Uh, Dago, you got anything else as far as quarterbacks or shall we talk about the, some RBs? Nope. We can move on to RBs. Rep Sam
2: Donald, Dago.
0: Yeah. Uh, Henderson. I mean, the, go, the fact go ahead. Just came off. The, the fact Sam Darnold is averaging six and a half yards per attempt from a clean pocket the past month—that's uh, not good. So yeah. unless you want to sell me because he's not throwing good, whether he's under duress or a clean pocket, Reeves, yeah. um, or if you're just trying to call me out from picking up Sam Darnold, and starting him in our in our main event team last week, then we can we can move on.
2: <laughs> I mean, I think that the Panther stack is interesting this week. I don't know how if if it's going to make my my core when we get down to it, but I do think that they're very interesting. They've just been getting dragged uh Darnold has not played well but I mean this Falcons team does not rush the passer, and they just give up plays in the passing game and no one's going to want to play these guys you heard dean I mean listen I've not everyone's done chasing the ghost and Robbie Anderson you know whatever but I mean DJ Moore is a guy that I, I think is very interesting to speak, even if you don't land on Darnold which I totally get but I do think DJ Moore is, is interesting at least in that matchup
1: Oh, I'll be back. I'll be back on Robbie Anderson. I, I, I'm a you got to see it man. through. You
2: got to see it through at this point. I, I was going to play. I'm
1: Martin, Martin Galing it, right? Like, it's. Yeah. I, I'm not committed. You know, he's 11 bucks on Yahoo. I don't know what you guys play on Yahoo. It's $1 <laughs> above the floor, 4-7 DK, 5-7 Vandal. Uh, look, you don't get any fantasy points for air yards or targets and all that kind of stuff. But, like, it's at some point, and now it's in a dome against Atlanta, and this game's got, like, sneaky shootout potential. It's a, a nice little game to game stack where nobody's really that expensive.
0: Oh, I'm going to play some Robbie I can, Anderson. I was going to get behind Robbie Anderson again this week, too. I'm just going to chase it till it happens. till more than 11 yards and a touchdown happens, I'm going to play him. I, I should have yielded the pitch to you. I don't want to be the guy on record, like, advocating for Robbie
1: Anderson.
2: <laughs> well, We talked about a little bit about Miami-Atlanta last week, and that game got there. I mean, Atlanta's playing a lot better offensively, like, the past month. Uh, and they're going to force the And the Panthers are going to keep throwing it because they can't run the football. Actually, neither of these teams can really run it well. But and we've also seen Cordell Patterson, like – he's actually being used the way people thought like he would be used in year two. Remember when he was like that high draft pick after his rookie season, he was taking him, like third or fourth round. He's they're, they're using him everywhere and they're using him in just as, as like a complete running back. But you know, last week he plays 21 snaps as a running back. He's out wide for 17. He's in the slot for another eight snaps, just a complete master of none uh, type of player. And, you know, he just completely out touches Mike Davis coming out of the bye 16 to four and going into the bye he had, had more rushing attempts. And it's like, think It's kind of happening for Cordell Patterson. It's it, like we keep waiting for everyone keeps on to say like it's got it's not sustainable, but they just keep giving him more and more. It keeps expanding his mm-hmm.
0: role. They go. You a fan of uh of uh, Cordell? Yeah, his receiver routes go up every week, but it's not at the ex- it's not sacrificing his usage as a running back, they're just adding more to his plate. So he continues getting more and more touches as they decrease Mike Davis. They said today following Mike Davis's a uh, four carries, a season low 19% share of the team's backfield touches that using Patterson more this past week was due to game script, but also like the Falcons are a bad team. The game script most of the time is going to be we got to stick Patterson here because we need explosive plays. So, yeah, like I don't I don't think we're coming back from Mike Davis. Like I think it's all Patterson.
1: The presumption that Miles Sanders is out. Well, what's your thoughts as far as that Philadelphia backfield?
0: It's well, the game script in this particular one doesn't work in favor of Kenneth Gainwell. It's like the one team they can play and uh, be neutral or have a lead. And so, Kenneth Gainwell, I do I do trust even in running just three more routes than uh, Boston Scott this past week in the interim out touching Scott nine to eight? Um, I think in a neutral game script, like, there's a real possibility Boston Scott has dropped in as Miles Sanders in, like, the first month when they were still splitting touches and Gainwell was coming in more on third down. So I think Gainwell is the uh, more explosive player, but also, like, I don't really know if, like, this is the game I'd want to choose between one or the other. You like the running back on the other side, Swift? Yeah, sure. Yeah, always. Uh, match just season high 21 touches this past week we've seen his usage continue to grow the past four games as well as they have phased jamal williams out of the offense more and more and it's still all deandre swift and garbage time and uh end of the game so yeah Yeah, dk
2: finally bumped him up i mean i write this article that talks about pricing every week and deandre swift was in there on the DraftKings one literally for seven straight weeks where he was priced and they finally at least priced him up uh so hopefully he doesn't pop up into the article this week what happened to Henderson Henderson went down I know he had an off week but he went
1: down 100 bucks against Houston and yeah I mean every how do you not go back to of course no, I play him
0: yeah. every week
1: it's just a question of what you do with him in tournaments but like that price for cash he's like the first person you put in on DK I mean I, look it's it's Wednesday night but I feel pretty confident in saying I I, I don't know what scenario is going to play out where he's not in my cash game lineup because that's just a goofy price uh what else do you have for me Reeves as far as running backs Mixon versus the Jets, one of the worst, run, worst defenses on the board, uh, you know, just bleeding fantasy points to running backs. Uh, who else out there catches your eye?
2: Yeah, opposing backfields are averaging 36 touches per game against the Jets. Uh, they have you know, trailed by double digits in 68% of their offensive snaps this season. So they've just been in game scripts that just invite teams just keep giving the ball to their running backs uh com- comparatively the Tennessee Titans lead the league in backfield touches per game on offense with 34.3 so you're essentially getting Derrick Henry usage for the opposing backfield every game against the Jets <laughs> <laughs> <That seems laughs> so uh, yeah I mean the like Dagle talk, I saw Dagle had a tweet earlier in the week though about how the Bengals have rested Mixon in the fourth quarter of the past two games maybe that happens again here too obviously if they do rest him it's because they're up to a huge lead and he probably was the part of the beneficiary of that so that still exists um, yeah, he looks good. Burrow looks good. Uh, I like that. I really like the the mini uh, sack of Nick Chubb and Chase Claypool, or Deontay Johnson if you choose to pay up. You can even do Pat Fryermuth if you want to chase the targets. Although the routes still weren't there, uh, I see him as a real popular pickup. But you know, there could be more routes coming out of the uh, buy. There was no increase on like his routes for dropback though. Just the targets were there. Uh, so it's just something kind of to earmark. But I do like obviously Claypool where he's priced on both sites. Um, because he wasn't particularly good in the Sunday night game, but the targets and the Prairie Yards were there. Um, they are Prairie Yards again from Big Ben because uh, he's connected on just four of 12 targets or 15 yards downfield with Claypool. But I liked upside against that Browns defense because the Browns are really good against the Ron. They're going to force the, the Steelers to kind of play this, uh, you know, passing game that the Steelers are willing to play. Um, and I like Nick Chubb kind of coming off of the, with the Q on his name that he'll have all week. You know, no Cream Hunt. I imagine Deanna Johnson is going to be involved, but to the degree of Cream Hunt was, I don't think that that's probably going to happen. I mean, last time we saw Dick Chubb without Cream Hunt, he played 74% of the snaps. Uh, he averaged 52% of the team touches and 12% of the team targets uh, before Kareem Hunt came back from suspension in 2019. Uh, and his games played this season comparatively. He's played just 52% of snaps per game, 35% of team touches and 3.6% of the team targets. Those are massive differences for a guy that has the talent of Nick Chubb. I mean, really the only bug we've ever had with Nick Chubb is just the, the touch counts. Cause he's, we know he's hyper-efficient. If We run into some games where now he can start flirting with 25 plus touches. I mean, I'm going to hope i sneak him in this week and see if no one gets on because of the Q tag. Uh,
0: also, Nick Chubb on DK was at 7,600 uh, before his injury, and now he's all, all the way dropped down to 6,500. For no good reason. Maybe they pressed him because they think the Steelers defense is still a scary unit. So, yeah, I like Nick Chubb a lot. I also like James Robinson. He's 8,200. Robinson is on FanDuel, but only 6,600 on Mm draft. Absolutely insane. Uh, Recall before the Jaguars went on by, Robinson handled all 20 backfield touches, 100 percent. And Carlos Hyde was active for that game. So um, still very confident in James Robinson's role, especially since Seattle is being just run over by running backs. This isn't just Kamara. Uh, Think back to the week prior, Najee Harris had 120 yards and a touchdown. We saw Alexander Madison go nuts. We saw in week one, both Jonathan Taylor and Naheem Hines got there. Like they're allowing 9.9 yards per catch to opposing running backs in the passing game. So like there are multiple ways James Robinson gets there. So like he's as much of a lock as Daryl Henderson, in my opinion. And then um, a sneaky tournament play. It's such a good matchup for Teddy Bridgewater in the passing game getting Jerry Judy back, maybe getting Albert O back, um, Washington, as we know, has allowed a top 12 performance to opposing quarterbacks and four consecutive games, That I think it is a good game script for JD McKissick on DraftKings. His salary dipped 300 or it's $300 less than it is on FanDuel for some reason, even though DraftKings is the place we would want to play him. He also has a double digit target share in four consecutive games. So uh, I, I kind of like him as well.
2: Yeah, Seattle, okay. Seattle has been getting absolutely crushed by running backs. I mean, they've allowed five top 12 scoring weeks on the, in seven games. In the only two weeks they didn't allow a top 12 score, they allowed 145 yards of two touchdowns to the Rams backs on that Thursday night game and and the other one was week 5 when they allowed 90 rushing yards to Trey Sermon, which basically all came in the first half before the 49ers stopped running. Uh, they've been getting absolutely crushed.
1: They can't sustain drives. You know, Dino Smith, he's the ultimate g- uh, game manager, right? I assume uh, that's even probably rounding up on him when, when, when i say the term quarterback game manager what's the word association first person to pop in your head who is it tom, tom brady
0: yeah
2: i
1: was gonna no, say i was say Drew
0: brady. joking i
2: was gonna say wait, Drew joking, <laughs> I,
1: I, was was joking. I
2: was
0: joking
1: <laughs> wait game manager is like a guy you don't trust. Must must have a different <laughs> term in my head it's the guy you can't like he's just gonna hand the ball off and if you have if he has something oh we off, so saw
0: we saw keenum game managers the hell out of thursday night there you go. That's a good game manager for sure. No turnovers to hand it off. Yeah.
2: yeah. Alex Smith is the guy.
1: Yeah. Alex Smith, Jeff Garcia. I don't know why it pops in
2: my head for some, for no particular reason. Oh, Jeff Garcia had an awesome year though, man. Like
0: <laughs> yeah. Jeff, when, Jeff when he had
2: TO, yeah. When he had T.O. Garcia, he had some, and he ran around too, man. I was he thinking was was Cleveland Browns, Jeff Garcia. Oh, well that was, yeah, he was pretty <laughs> bad.
0: But, uh, <laughs> I don't know why that's what Jeff Garcia head. was closer to Taylor Heineke than a game manager
2: yeah yeah Trent
0: Dilfer how about that one is that one yeah
2: that's yeah he was a game manager Grossman that year was the game manager
1: let us know in the YouTube chat there you go in the comment section give us a
0: (laughs) comment (laughs) tell us who is a game manager yeah Yeah, tell me why
1: give me and give me the the reason why the first person to pop in your head not the second person or the third person the first person James Winston now Yes, Jameis Smith now. Oh man, yeah. they don't even let Russ cook like a real life good quarterback. Like they they're just <laughs> frightened let him throw the ball and they, they won't be able to sustain drives. I wouldn't think they're playing Jacksonville, but
2: poor Tyler Lockett, man. You know, the first two games oh. of the year, this guy comes out and it's hundred yards, and then just this finished he just evaporated. The uh, oh Teddy Bridgewater I- in the chat. There it is. Teddy is a good answer as well. Yeah, Teddy's answer.
0: Yeah, that's um, the shock. Also, like if you play James Robinson, like you know, you could maybe you could maybe argue DK Metcalf. Gino Smith has had it tough in three games that he's played. Like mm-hmm. he's played some good yeah. defenses. This is by far his softest competition. And like, although I believe Lockett has been Failing because it always came down to efficiency between those two, Lockett and Russell Wilson. Like DK is still getting there on talent. Like I understand the majority of his production was on that 80 plus yard touchdown this past uh just last night. But overall, um, he's capable of doing that. Like absolutely that's what I'm saying. So you can easily play him because no one's gonna play him. Um, they're just not gonna want to play Seattle receivers. And DK Metcalf is talented enough where he should be in your pool of skinny stacks.
1: I don't know if I can do it. Oh, man. Garoppolo. If you do Her- Robbie Herbert's Anderson,
0: a- you could do DK Metcalf.
1: Oh, man. Well, it's a different salary. But, yeah, you know, if, if it's the same price for a for, uh, Metcalf, sure. Uh, <laughs> Herbert's not a game manager. That's insulting. Herbert's a good. <laughs> Come on. Uh, all right. Let's talk about some receivers, some tight ends. We'll go we'll, we'll step aside and get out of here. We're taking up enough of your guys' time. We're over an hour, I think, at this point. Uh, thanks for sticking oh, with yeah. us. We do appreciate that. Uh, Rebar, what do you have for me as far as some receivers? I know we've touched on some along the way. Uh, who's popping for you this week?
2: I like Carlton Sutton to kind of slide through this week. Dagle kind of vouched for Teddy, but I like because Judy's going to come back, and, you know, historically, uh, off of Judy's injury, uh, the first one to two games back show a 20%, an average of 20% decline in production. So, you know, I don't want to chase Judy that much. He could still get there. He's a talented player, but Sutton's going to slide through, especially because he's right around the same price as Chris Godwin, too. Uh, so he's a kind of a natural pivot at four o'clock if people are going to be pivoting to Godwin, uh, you know, because they're, if, they're, if you're one o'clock, you know, hits didn't fail. Uh, so I definitely like him. He's the same exact price as Godwin on DraftKings, and he's $100 cheaper on FanDuel. So the natural pivot pivot point. Washington has been absolutely terrible on vertical targets. And, you know, Cortland Sutton's second in the NFL in air yards per game. Uh, Washington's allowed a 53% completion rate and throws over 15 yards downfield. That's 29th. Uh, They're 31st in the NFL in fantasy points allowed on those targets. Uh, So I do like Cortland Sutton as kind of a guy. Uh, You you can play him in stacks, you can play him as a one-off, but I like him to slide through this week too.
0: All right, Dagle, some receivers? Yeah, we touched on DJ Moore a little bit. Uh, who still continues leading Robbie Anderson and targets without Dan Arnold and Christian McCaffrey Uh, touched on Deontay Johnson a little bit, who has seen double digit targets in every game. And I do also like him in a skinny stack with Nick Chubb, just because there's nowhere else for that offense to go. Even if Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry are eligible to play. And then, um, yeah, we, we already touched on Van Jefferson as a cheaper option to, uh, to triple stack to onslaught with the Rams offense. So really, uh, I think just naturally throughout the show, we just touched on the guys I was also going to play.
1: Yeah,
2: uh, I'll just see Brandon Cooks as well. of those guys that's popping as well, too. Yeah, Brandon we, Cooks looks good. We talked about that as a bring back. What about uh, – do any of you guys like Keenan Allen this week coming out of the bye? Uh, you know, I like Brandon, the Chargers. Brandon Staley kind of mentioned that they want to be more aggressive on early downs, and the Patriots are actually number one in the NFL in points allowed to opposing wide receiver ones. Uh, they've only allowed one top-12 score. It obviously a C.D. Lamb game, but Jalen Mills was actually on C.D. Lamb in that game uh so do they try to take do they take away big mike obviously i can take away Keenan Allen because where he runs his route so i do wonder if Keenan Allen coming out of the bye uh giving the opportunities had is going to be in a spot where he'll go under a look too as well
1: yeah i was going to ask like who do we qualify as wide receiver one on the charges yeah. like i don't is it Allen? is it one? well one i mean yeah opposed? perimeter
2: wide receivers oh
0: so that's that's how we figure it out all right fair enough well I, like, da, I mean
2: that's yeah sorry
0: yeah i mean it's they're uh they'll they'll both they both won't be rostered in this game, I don't think. Yeah,
1: I don't know if is going to get much play either, too. But like, Defort Oh, he's in a great –
2: Eckler looks really good, too, because the yeah. Patriots, they're another team that I've just been giving up a bundles of bundles of production yardage to running backs. You know, the Jets had 175 yards last week. Dallas, 182 the week before that. Houston running backs had 111 against them. Tampa Bay, 163 yards against them. New Orleans, 145 the week before them. Eckler yeah. looking pretty good, too.
0: Eckler's in a sneaky spot too because he's only one uh, K cheaper than Derrick Henry. And so I assume everyone will just say, I can just get a K more and get to Derrick Henry on DraftKings. And so uh yeah, I, I think Eckler's a great leverage in that situation. Yeah, I think people will want to play Damian Harris. Obviously, the
2: Chargers are getting run on by everybody. The only thing you worry about Damian Harris is that his what his role is the offense in the game script, you know, if somehow Mac doesn't punch back or Herbert's on a heater. Uh, you know, you see Damian Harris still only has 10 catches and Brandon Bolden's still running all the pass routes. Uh, So that would be like the one way, because I think if Damian Harris, that's the one fade you have on Damian Harris, right? If he ends up being- He's not the catch-up
1: guy, right? If the the Patriots
2: are down two touchdowns with like 10 minutes to go, Bolden's out there, correct? Yeah, well, Pat, from a pass route percentage, uh, well, it was the first game Bolden hit as a pass catcher, but he's been in the James White role. He's been running the, the pass routes in that offense uh you know, so if Damian Harris ends up catching steam because everyone wants to play guys against the Chargers, and Damian Harris has been good, legitimately good. Uh, you know, that's your out as if you know the chargers go up, uh, you know, we could see just not a lot of him. Do you need Stevenson not playing? Um, who? Stevenson, does he have to be a
0: scratch? Like you see, what if he dresses? Then they have well, they have Bolden. They have Taylor as well, too. I'm just trying to think he, how many. If he dresses, if he dresses, I still don't know his role. That's the issue. Um, yeah. I wonder. I wonder if he would even have a role. Um, Bolden actually, since taking over J- for James White in week four, uh, he leads running backs and targets inside the twenty as well. Like he is literally playing the James White role. All right, let's uh, knock out some tight ends and step aside and get out of
1: here, uh, Hawkinson since his injury or whatever injury he's had, he's kind of sputtered the last uh, so many weeks and people keep playing him and he keeps popping in optimals, but I don't know. I'm not privy to the medical, uh, you know, his medical is uh, but it doesn't look great. I- I'm guessing he's not feeling particularly well. Maybe he bounces back and crushes versus Philadelphia. Got it. We talked about in the same game. The other side is popping for sure. Higby against yeah, Houston for sure. Uh, and then there's Kyle Pitts who's crushed the last couple of weeks and he's got a nice matchup at home versus Carolina. Oh, I guess the Hunter Henry revenge game is the thing too, I
0: suppose. Well, you know, you know the thing about Pitts though is that just like last week, whenever Pitts was the pivot, because Calvin Ridley came in over like 20% mm-hmm. more rostered, now it's gonna be Calvin Ridley's the pivot because everyone's gonna chase Pitts. That's just the way it's gonna work. It's like last week, um I wish I would have known. that I wish I would have thought about this beforehand. Like, even if you look to a recreational term, like the Millie, uh, Mike Evans was 10% rostered, and Chris Godwin was 32%. Like, that's the perfect like DFS tree. And it's like, oh, I could just one off one of them. I don't even have to have Brady. I can just play Evans and easily get leverage. I kind of think that's how Ridley over Pitts is going to work this week. Yeah, Evans was like six or seven dollars more, I think, than
1: Godwin. Yeah. That that that's obviously was what dictated the uh, the ownership there. Uh, your thoughts here, Rebar, as far
2: as some tight ends. Yeah. I mean, those all sound pretty good. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's anyone else that we didn't bring up. We even touched on Friar move a little bit. Uh, So, I mean, that covers just about the rest of these guys. I mean, if you want to keep playing Ricky Seals Jones, I
0: I got one for you. Uh, Yeah. Hit him. Hit us. Dan Arnold's two eight on DK. I knew you were going to say it a Uh, a little cheapy. Uh, Yeah. And we've seen the last two games. Um, He has played 65% of the team snaps, but also Like, Jamal Agnew's kind of taking away his targets. Like, uh, Jamal Agnew's slot rate has increased the past two games without DJ Shark, and he's seen 12 targets in that span. So now there are just a couple players to get targets over the intermediate level of the field or shallow. And so, like, Dan Arnold is very cheap, I agree. Um, But I don't know, like, because there is more competition now in that range of the field. Is the floor basically zero on Arnold? Yes, Okay. Yeah. I mean, everybody's... He'll get you, anyway, like, two, like two yeah. for 20. He'll get you four. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: And, like, it doesn't necessarily completely blow up your lineup if, like, you know, your 2.8K... 2.8 uh, tight end gets, like, four or five points. Like, that's not necessarily... It's not always about what they do. You already told to us
2: you're going 100% Mike Kisecki.
1: Uh, well, yeah. I was trying to force you to say him, mean, but you refused. The eventually, you just I gave in, like, is this what he wants it.
0: me to say? <laughs> I like Kisecki. What do you want from me? Like,
1: yeah, not a hard. Do you think uh,
0: right now? Do you have Gasicki projected for more ownership than Tyler Higby? I don't even know if we have projections ready. I, I, I know that's fine. I know I know Higby's going to be steamed by the end of the week. Like he's not going to be he's he's not going to be like a single digit guy. Um, he's a but awesome he, but player.
2: he's gotten steamed before though, and he hasn't gotten there. So like he might not complete. I just mean people are going to play Goddard. People are going to play Tyler Goddard. And the other thing about
1: ownership, by the way, it's kind—I don't want to say it's worthless because we do offer it at RG. It's worthless on Wednesday night, basically. Yeah, it's nice to I look mean, at it and kind of as gauge is and... as is
0: everything we do. On <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> thanks for listening. <laughs> thanks, for, thanks, for tuning in every week. Hey man, do listen, listen like we were
2: subscribe. we were we were on the borough call last week at this time. No one wanted to do it.
0: <laughs> whenever, uh, whenever I saw Burrow go off, I was like, I, I knew you had a good day. I didn't even text you because uh, I was like, I know Rich played him. Uh, I couldn't get there in my single entries, but I just kept on coming back to J- like Jamar Chase, Marquise Brown, Skinny Stacks. Um, the, ins- the issue is like you, I had a lot more T Higgins, but totally get it. Uh, yeah. When I saw Burrow go nuts, I was like, Rich had a good day. I knew it.
1: Let's appease a question in the chat. Let's see if you guys have somebody on the ready. Uh, Brandon Reeds asked, this is the benefit from listening to us live. A lot of people listen to us in the replay, obviously. Brandon Reed, he wants to know the best flex play this week on Fanduel as of Wednesday night. Give him somebody, Daigle. All of them, among all of them.
0: <laughs> um, let uh, on Fanduel. I bet uh, even Austin Eckler isn't that highly rostered, so I'll go Austin Eckler. See Austin Eckler
2: and raise him, Rebar. Yeah, I think you just if you're going by pricing, what you can fit in your flex. You have Austin Eckler. James Robinson, then I think you have Chris Godwin. I'm throwing the salaries in my head. uh, Cortland Sutton and Keenan Allen. And, like, order pricing. So, what you can fit in. I like all those guys. There you go. We gave you
1: a plethora of options to consider there. And you can put them in, like, your regular slots, too. You can just build a lineup of those guys, basically.
2: Yeah, Uh, but, you know, we want to have those pivot. We want to have that flex uh, for when our, you know, 1 p.m. Sam Darnold stacks don't hit we want yeah. to be able to we want to be able to move that salary when Robbie Anderson has uh a 12 yards on 15 targets we need no, to we, need... we got a
1: late swap we got a late swap i will be in the box of shame if that happens once again. <laughs> good <laughs> lord oh man does anybody have a, a couch i can crash on because if <laughs> robbie anderson is going to put me in the poorhouse. but there's you know the, the, the what is it the air yard model the Bilo? i assume he's in it i did not look at it
2: today. he's probably been redacted already but uh
1: <laughs> he's he's gotta be in it he's like in the hall of fame of the uh, yeah he's there fame. every
2: week baby
1: <laughs> oh boy begrudgingly i'm sure he's popping once again uh, thanks for, we're, we're ending on a high note here. Robbie Anderson talk. Good times for sure. Appreciate y'all watching. Do like, do subscribe, find Rebar's content, find Diggle's content. Let's make it easier for them, Rebar. Tell them where they can find you.
2: Listen, a at Lord Rebs on Twitter. The worksheets up every Tuesday. You can read it. Gets updated throughout the week. You can always find me Wednesday, 9 p.m. Eastern with my boys, Diggle and Dean. Dagle, give the same thing. And also next week,
1: can you give us an update on the ice cream of those 36 pints? I want to know how many are do accounts before the show and how many survive up till next Wednesday night?
0: Well, I'll probably have to take out some of them to be honest, but nonetheless, I'll <laughs> update you on the ice cream. Um, I won't tweet it at not J Daigle though. I'll update you here live and then a good football show wherever you get podcast at also this Saturday from 4 to 5 Eastern, I will be co-hosting on Sirius XM Fantasy Show with my friend Brian Drake of the Fantasy Hustle Football Show. Uh, And we're bringing on a couple guests. we got a couple guests planned, surprise guests, but I just need to basically change my routine up because I'm already tired. So it's time to uh, jump on the radio like I dreamed of when I was 13 and um, have (laughs) some fun and host that circus.
1: Awesome. Enjoy. Have a good time with that. Uh, With that said, thanks you guys for watching. Like, subscribe, notifications, all that good stuff. That was Rich Rebar. That was John Daigle. That was football. That was the NFL Pick 6 Show. I was Dean. Thanks for watching. We're out of here. Holler.